Every Mind Matters, and it's time to start the conversation on Mind Over Matters. We're your hosts, Addison and Jesse, and we're here to dive into the complex and often misunderstood world of mental health. Today we're here with Ruby Levy, a dedicated soccer player who spent her entire life on the field. We're excited to discuss the unique mental health challenges that competitive players like Ruby face and how these experiences impact their overall well-being. Welcome, Ruby. Ruby, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you start by sharing your soccer journey and what inspired you to dedicate your life to the sport? Yeah, of course. So I started playing soccer when I was four. Um, and I have two older siblings who played before me, so I kind of always wanted to fit in with what they were doing, and I always felt like I was too young, um, but when I was four, my dad started teaching me how to play, and then I joined my first team, and I just loved it instantly. Um, and then from then on, I decided that I wanted to start taking it more seriously when I was around 10, so I joined my first like travel team. And that's really when things started getting more intense and like a little bit more strenuous on my mental health. But it wasn't until I was around 12 when I had a really big decision to make when I like really was suffering through mental health issues with sports. Um, and that was when I had to switch teams. So I was on this one team with all of my friends like from four ages 4 to 12. And then there was um, a new change in the rules with the leagues that we were in and it basically split up the girls born in 2006 and the girls born in 2005 and before we were like all one team we were all friends but then I was separated from most of my friends because they were a year older than me so me and, and like four other 06 girls were put on a different team than them and it kind of just like made me feel worse at the sport even though it had nothing to do with level of play and it was more just about age um but there was just a lot less competition than i was used to on the 06 team so i decided to move to a different club that was just known for being more intense um because i thought that my love for the sport would help me overcome those challenges so then i moved over there but obviously with a more intense club came more intense coaches better girls, higher competition. So that put a lot of stress on me and kind of like made me have to work through a lot of issues while playing the sport. Yeah, with more demand for a harder team and more competition, do you feel that that's like influenced your mental health like in both a positive and negative way? Like do you see the positives and negatives of that harder team? Yeah, I definitely do. So, like, since that time, I've been on a lot more challenging teams and more challenging leagues. So the girls are obviously way better, and they put in a lot of work. So to keep up with that, you know, I have to put in a lot of work, just not just during the week with my team practices, but also on my own before practice, sometimes after practice, or on days off. So, I mean, that drive to put in that extra work, it takes a lot of mental strength. There's a lot of days where, like, I just feel like being lazy. I don't feel like putting in the work. But that pressure of keeping up with high competition is really what pushes me to do so. Um, I think that these mental health struggles with sports 
really kind of shaped me as who I am today because I wouldn't have like the drive that I think that I have. I wouldn't have so much determination and like my ability to pursue the level of play that I want to kind of comes from me learning how to overcome these challenges. Um, how, how else did you work to overcome the mental health struggles more than just like putting in that extra work? Cause that extra work you were driven to like be as good as the other girls. And that was kind of like your motivation to succeed. But what was your motivation to overcome the mental health challenges? Yeah. So there was a point in time where I knew I loved the sport. I knew I didn't want to quit, but it was just like making me cry sometimes when I didn't meet the goals I wanted to meet or when my coach would single me out for making a mistake. Like it was just really hard. So some of the ways there was actually a point in time where I dealt with that by meeting with a sports psychologist. And I actually have never told anyone that because I was embarrassed that I did that. Mm. But looking back on it, like it really, really helped me because he kind of put things into perspective. He gave me some tips that were like, write down my goals. And I kind of had like a mantra that I would write down every morning. And I actually wrote down some like, kind of like manifesting, like what where I wanted to be. So cute. In my, <laughs> I manifested like where I wanted to be in my soccer journey. I wrote that like a bunch of times. I have a lucky number. It's 11. So I wrote it 11 times on a piece of paper. And then I folded That's that up and cool. I put it in my drawer. I still have it to this day. Do you so, still use what the sports psychologist like taught you? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, he was super helpful. I've, like, I've the, like never even heard of a sports psychologist really before. Cool. Yeah, if yeah. you live in the Chicago area, his name is Dr. Fishbein. He's really awesome. <laughs> I haven't met with him in a long time, but he really helped. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so I mean, that's definitely one of the ways that I came over. Another thing is just being open. Like, I wouldn't like hide the fact that I was upset. Like, if my coach got mad at me, I know a lot of girls on my team will kind of just like be silent about it, just be in a bad mood. But I would always like talk to my dad about it or my mom sometimes, and, like, my dad was an athlete in high school, so he would tell me, like, kind of what he went through, and it kind of just helps to know that I'm not the only one going through those struggles. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, a big point, like, being vocal and, like, not, like, hiding away your struggles is, like, so huge, um, because that also can just, like, decrease, or not decrease, that can help lessen the stigma associated with mental health, but... Um, going on, moving on, like in like the pressure with the, all the pressures of soccer and like committing so much time to your team, how do you find like a healthy balance between school and like friends and your team and your just like your personal life, like as a teenager? How have you been able to balance that? So that's actually been probably one of the harder things for me to do, especially in high school. Just because there's so many things going on, especially like these past two years with college applications and ACT studying and then just hanging out with my friends and then the competition being really demanding. Like sometimes I do have to make sacrifices if I'm going to go to soccer and not go to the football game on Friday night. And if I'm going to go to soccer and all my friends are going to go hang out somewhere else, um, it's definitely hard. And I remember a big thing when I was younger that kind of upset me a lot was I was at school and my middle school did this thing where we like sleep over at school oh, and the Shabbaton yeah the Shabbaton <laughs> and it, um I was the only one in the whole grade who didn't go 
because I was in Florida for a soccer tournament. But then I, at that time, I was really upset. But looking back, like, I made, like, really great memories with my teammates then, and I bonded with my teammates. And I think that's a big thing that got me through kind of struggling through that balance because now, like, my teammates are also along with my school friends, some of my closest friends that I know I can go to for anything. So I think that an important part about an important way to get through the struggles is kind of finding people on your team or with just within your sport in general that can help you work through it as well. Um, what role do you think family members, friends, and coaches played in your mental health journey? I know you talked about talking to your dad or a psychologist. What do you think your friends did to help you or other family members? Have you had any like bad experiences with coaches where you tried reaching out and they were, I don't know, obnoxious about it and or inconsiderate. Or, yeah, inconsiderate. Like, just didn't built, care. Have you built like a strong support system as a result of this, or do you feel like that's something you still need to work on? Yeah, this is a really good question. So, in terms of friends and people to go to, um, I think that oftentimes. A positive side to this is, like, for example, on my club team, like, oftentimes the, the issues that I have with my coach, they also have. Um, so these struggles are things that's kind of, like, that mutual. we can struggle. Yeah, it's mutual. Mm-hmm. We can struggle with it together. It's not like yeah. I feel like I'm alone in this situation. I feel like that's in most cases. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, sometimes having friends in your sport, it's kind of it can be kind of a toxic environment because – you're competing for playing time, for starting spots, and that gets really, really, the tension just gets really tight. Like, yeah. sometimes it's, like, awkward to talk about. And, like, obviously, it's just human nature. Like, jealousy is just human nature. So if someone is that I'm close with, maybe outside of soccer, is, like, starting over me or taking time away from my time to play, it does hurt. And I'm just, fine. like, human nature, I'm going to be jealous and bitter. So that's something that's really hard for, for me and likely a lot of other people to work through um and then um in terms of coaching I've gone through my fair share of bad coaches um (laughs) a lot of times that is like the main issue that I have like my main struggle is that my coaches are just making me feel really shitty Hmm. can I say that yeah yeah Yeah. making me feel really bad about myself bad like I didn't work hard enough bad like all the extra work I'm putting it and outside of practice isn't doing it for me. Um, and it also always hurts. Like, I've had coaches that really play favorites, and it feels That's like no matter what I do, like, I'm just never going to, like, break the ice and get onto their good side. Um, so that always, like, really sets me off. Um, but then on the other hand, I have a coach right now who is, like, literally, like, one of my really good friends, and, like, I can talk to him about anything. It doesn't just have to be soccer. And I just, I feel like that really has made me love the game of soccer even more, that I feel so comfortable around someone who I see like as a mentor. With, like, the coaches that have had favorites, like, you must have had, like, some, like, self-esteem issues, too. And, like, were there moments, like, you had, like, self-doubt? And, like, how did you deal with, like, your self-confidence when you were, like, feeling like you weren't even, like, like, the coaches were taking out their favoritism on you and your soccer. And, like, was that reflective in your own life, too? 
Yeah, I think it really was. And, like, you can ask anyone in my family. Like, during this time when I had that coach, like, I would just be so down all the time mm -hmm. at home. Like, it wouldn't just affect me when I was at soccer practice or a game. Like, it would affect me, like, 24 hours of the day. There was a huge parallel and correlation. Yeah. I just felt like... I just felt like everything I did had to do with soccer. So everything that I did wrong in soccer kind of affected everything I did during the day. And it was just an issue that couldn't leave my mind. Like, all the time during class, before I went to bed, I'd just be thinking about something that my coach said or something that some other person on my team did that he liked, but when I did it, he didn't say anything about it. Like, all the tiny little things, they, they really, like, replay in my mind. And it just, it made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Um, I dealt with that, honestly, just by talking to my parents a lot, and they helped me just like having someone to talk to about it, it just like getting out your emotions. Like it, it was so unhealthy when I would just keep it in because I would just have all these this like bottled up like anger, and it would honestly affect my playing. Like wh when I was playing frustrated, I just wasn't playing as well. So when I got out my frustrations one way or another, whether that be like through working out, talking to somebody, like going on a walk, lifting, like all of those things are things that I do to cope with that frustration and when I'm playing less frustrated I honestly play better I think it's I don't think it's emphasized enough the impact that coaches make on people's like sports experience whether it's dance or something like I know people who have had terrible experiences with their teachers who made them like quit dance altogether or sports like if you have an amazing coach you love the game if you have a terrible coach you're miserable so I think that like the coaches make such a huge impact and it's honestly sad it's just sad that like one person can like change your whole view yeah I think coaches and teammates also like I feel like even if you I don't know how much this was reflective in your own experience but just like from personal experience like even if you have a, like a not so great coach or a not so great teacher like if you have the best teammates in the yeah. world and like that can really make a big difference. And I don't bond. know. You yeah. can bond over your hatred for the coach. No, yeah. you're right. Like, I don't know <laughs> if that was the case for you. but That definitely was the case at some point. Because I feel like if you had all those problems with one coach, most people are probably right. you're all dealing with something over similar. the same shared mutual yeah passionate hate <laughs> many many other listeners who are whether they're young or not starting their journeys with sports um what advice would you give to them about managing their well-being and managing their time because I know some people aren't as good as balancing their time like me for instance and I don't even play a sports and I still don't know how to manage my time so what advice would you give to them I would definitely say find someone that you can confide in, like a friend, a family member, a teammate, even a coach if you're on that level with them. Like, Just find somebody that you can talk to no matter what that will always listen to you because those are the people that are going to lift you up when you're down. Um, and when you're like fresh and focused and happy or in a better mood, you definitely have more energy to put towards like time management and just like healthy habits um another way like the way that I manage my time a lot is like I kind of like prioritize things that I think need like more energy 
to get them done. So the easy things just feel so much easier and quicker after I've done all the more difficult things. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was great. Um, Everything you said was very insightful. Um, We appreciate you taking the time. And we wish you good luck on your soccer season. Good luck. Yay. Remember, seeking help for mental health is a sign of strength. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out for support. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24-7 to call or text at 988. You are enough, you are not alone, and help is available. Take care of yourself and each other. Until next time, Mind Over Matters. Thanks for tuning in.